And I have. Uh-huh. And uh, those people who succeeded more on Zoom calls uh, were more intense. Well, how do they measure succeed? What does that mean? Well, I mean, well, whatever they talk about, you know, just being a good Zoom talker. That's what the whole thing is. I don't know. But they said they succeeded. So my, my Zoom call is over and I go, success, I succeeded. Like what? Yeah, closing you, deals and shit? No, no. What happens is the Zoom judges come on and they give you a rating. <laughs> like Uber. That's right. You get a Zoom rating. That's right. After you leave, everybody else rates you. <laughs> Everyone puts up a number and goes, that guy succeeded. Yeah. This, You know what? Let's give that guy a high score because he, right. he modulated his voice and nodded a lot. <laughs> yeah. U.S.-based participants ages 18 to 65 uh, had 1.6, I guess, 100,000 conversations with randomly paired strangers. They were instructed to chat for about 30 minutes, then review with their partner. I'll tell you what's not succeeding. What's that? This bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know the whole succeeding kills me. Like, what is, you know... I could be horrible on Zoom and close a $3 million deal. Success! Or I could, you know, talk bullshit. I guess sound, succeeding mm-hmm. is in the eyes of the beholder. It must be that. Yes, that's yeah. true, Dan. Behold <laughs> this, Dan. <laughs> okay. You know what? We've got, we've got business to take care of. Dan Duran, everybody. This episode of Hubble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Hubble and Fred Studios in Toronto, from our cottage-like Brampton facility, and from Lisa's No Mo May place in Peterborough. What? And is No Mo May. Doesn't mold them all on in May. For okay. pollinators. No, no. She doesn't mow her personal lawn in May. I think that's a weird way to start. <laughs> oh, and is brought it. to you by Bodog, the wow. Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, EVNet. .ca Air Adventures <laughs> and our newest Architect Outdoor You never interrupt me during this I apologize So anyway Architect Outdoor Living is one of our sponsors Better yes. Building by Design our newest sponsor in fact And now here are two men who will be using today's replacement word for interesting Today's word is provocative Ah Though so not interesting funny but provocative It's Humble and Fred Well when you say today when you when you say something like from Lisa's no mo may, and then you explain it. And we have to jump in because it it, it was provocative. You uh, picked our interest. Oh, what, what does that mean again? Say that again. You're not supposed to mow your lawn in May because of the pollinators, and because the little spring flowers come out, and the pollinators are you know you're supporting your pollinators, no. so or whatever. I don't know. Earth and so of course, I have to be ignorant by saying, is it a personal lawn or is it an actual lawn? <laughs> Yeah. But Dan. Never thought of that. So the whole month you don't mow your lawn. Yeah. So it looks ratty and overgrown. No, that, not That's happening. the idea. That's the idea, yeah. Well, my the thing is, as my dad always t- taught me, that first cut is very important, and I'm due for mine because yeah. it sets the stage for the whole summer. Sure it does. The yeah. whole season. So I've never heard that before. It sounds outrageous. I wouldn't want to be your neighbor to look at that for a month. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you look know. it up though. It's it's on the internet. There's uh, no Mo May everywhere. Oh, is it? Oh yeah. Well, That's there's a lot of stuff. Dan's not like. Uh, <laughs> yes. There's a whole category of no Mo May on uh, you uh, Pornhub. 
I was going to say you porn. Um, yeah. Fred, if, we, if we've porn learned up, nothing, yeah. we've also learned that the first cut is the deepest, as you know. Yes. Oh, yes. <clears throat> but this is not who you think it is. You guys are thinking Rod Stewart. Aha. Uh-huh. It's a sweet Cheryl Crow, who I guarantee is trimming her lawn monthly. There's no overgrowth on Cheryl Crow's uh, front yard or backyard. Or any yard, really. <laughs> any, any Cheryl Crow yard. Any part of Cheryl Crow's mm-hmm. undercarriage has been trimmed. <laughs> I'm sorry, I still can't get over the fact that somebody wouldn't mow their lawn for all of Maine. But anyway, that's you know, good. Well, that's, you know what, let's not get off... Uh, well, you know, it'll be like six, eight inches long. It'll be ratty. People go, why is Why is that person cutting their lawn? And the thing is, it's so healthy for a lawn to cut it and let the cuttings go back into the into the lawn at this time of year. Sounds like these environmentalists are trying to pull a fast one on us. Yeah. No, well, this, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is the uh, this is the debate everyone was hoping we'd have to start the show. Well, Howard, uh, there's a lot. You know what? Most a lot of people have lawns. Eh? So, I used to have lawns. Mm-hmm. I don't anymore. I was looking at Bob Vila's side just this moment, doing a little research on eight reasons to not mow your lawn in May. And one of them, your lawn will be healthier. It'll, it won't help just pollinators. It will almost certainly improve the health of your grass, Fred. And reducing the frequency in which you mow your lawn, you can become more resilient to, to drought. Hey, I have a question. When you had that huge lawn over there in the country, like a massive lawn, beautiful property that you used to... Uh, you know, your estate. Would yeah. you have mowed the lawn in uh, May? Yes or no? Uh, you know, I didn't know about no mow May mm. until I met Lisa. So, no. I sounds, like, sounds like the environmentalists have gotten to Bob Vila. I wonder what they're paying him to say. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Horrible. Mm. I guarantee you Bob Vila's undercarriage is trimmed, too. He's a TV right. guy now. He's like Suzuki. Sl- uh, slide him an envelope with some money in it. He'll say anything. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's boy. what they're like. They're all. They're all. The, uh, they're all out to get you. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Dan, Dan, will you be uh, with us this uh, for the news today? No, I've uh, no news more, uh, is Dan one, news. One, no, one more day that I've got to. Uh, one throw. more day. Hey. Yeah. God damn it, Dan! I need the time. Need the time. Well, and and I, are are you just in here for this little uh, grass update? Or are you going to hang around for a few minutes? I know you like you like to get out early. Yeah, a few a few minutes. All there, right, yeah. Yeah. all right. You know, if we did this show an hour earlier, I'd do the whole. Show. Oh, well, sure. Well, we could do that just for your convenience. Yeah, sure. Okay. So when yeah, so when you're at Lisa's, are you the guy that cuts the lawn? So you're, I guess you're happy about that. You don't have to do it for a month. Is that yeah. the deal? I, yeah. Sometimes I do. Sometimes she does. It depends on you know. Well, no one's going to be doing it in May, Fred. Come no on, May, no mo May, no, no mo May. May. No. Yeah. yeah. In fact, yesterday or a couple of days ago, I was I, I noted that there was little tiny spring flowers coming out of her lawn. Mm. You know, the little purple ones. I don't know, crocuses or something. I don't know. Sure. But, oh, crocuses. That's why no mowing in the May. All I right. consider those weeds in my lawn. Personally. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, I do. Yeah. I'm curious about the artwork behind you. What are, what are those supposed to be? What is that? Are those flowers? Or is those, that, uh, no, those are fe- uh, feathers of peacocks. Peacock oh, feathers. Right, right. right. Okay. I thought it looked peacocky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Picakian. That's mm-hmm. that's what's going on over here um, at Lisa's place. Yes. And uh, well, and you're are you now moved in there? Is that where you're living, or are you just in between before the trailer opens up? Uh, but I'll be here, and then at the trailer as well. I'll be a uh, you know. You're going back and forth. Going back with a duopoly, yeah. Nice. Okay, here's the question. Will you okay. live at Lisa's and visit the trailer, or live at the trailer and visit Lisa's? That's mm, the question. That's a good question. We'll see through the summer how that goes. Hey, here's another question. If it's no mo may at Lisa's, is it no mo may at the trailer site? Oh, yeah. No, definitely no mowing up there in May. Really? Yeah, would you? you don't need to. Yeah. How come? Well, it takes a while for that grass there to take hold and, and sprout. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I don't. I can't remember how much grass either of you guys have in front of your places. I know. Is there grass around where your hot tub is there, Dan, right in front of the lake? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. Fred and I have the most, probably the most grass in the whole park, probably. Well, listen, you guys, you're very lucky to have those uh, that paradise that you get to go to, and now soon it will be um, time to go. I mean, not today, of course, because here in Toronto is going to another high of six. Another hive six. Uh, here's a little uh, weather report from uh, Edmonton Steve. I was talking to him yesterday. Dan, you're from Edmonton, are you not? <laughs> yes, I spent a lot of time with you. Emily Lizard Composite High School in Edmonton. Yeah. So uh, usually, anytime the weather comes up in a conversation with my Western Canadian family, you know, we win, like the Zoom call. You know, I always win, and the Toronto wins because it's always nicer here than it is there, depending on the time of year. But not this week, Frederick and Daniel. Talking to Steve, he's like, I am call- I called him, and he's like, oh, I'm on the golf course. I'm like, why? And he goes, yeah, we're just finishing up. and call you in 20 minutes. Gives me a shout. He goes, yeah, it's like 25 degrees. What? So what? this, I just looked at the Edmonton forecast, because we've got this thing going on in eastern Canada that's dry humping us over here. Mm-hmm. Edmonton, Alberta weathers. Right now in Toronto, what is it here? Right now, it's like, uh, what is it, three degrees? Four degrees, sorry. Four degrees, high today of, I don't know, seven. Edmonton right now is 17, 16. High today, 25. Tomorrow, 26. Thursday, 28. Friday, 25. All sunny. And here we are suffering unjustly. Well, we'll get that, you know. It always moves west to east. We'll get it. Weather Network, top story. May is here, but any signs of consistent warmth will still fail to lock in. Great. Today, high of six, cloudy with showers in the morning, light rain developing in the afternoon. It's just a lot. It's a lot to take in. Anyway. Well, the weekend, though, it's going to start. Yes, Friday's the day it's going to start. And uh, so I was talking to uh, him and then my, my other brother, David. Smart brother David called me, and as soon as he got on the phone, I could I could hear something was wrong. So he came out here to Ontario with his woman, his lady friend, and uh, they're in Kitchener right now. And he was supposed to come here today for three days of just hanging with the Howman and some golf. And of course, you know, golf is gone because it's raining every day. He's going to be here. He's only here till Thursday. But as soon as he got on the phone, I could hear this croaking sound in his voice. And I said, are you okay? And he's like, no, I got the fucking vid. He got the vid. Yes. So he got on a plane and spread the vid. He didn't know. He he got on the plane. He wasn't feeling well. You know, just regular not feeling well. They flew out here Monday. I don't know if he had a mask on or not. But when he woke up Tuesday morning yesterday, or woke up, sorry, 
Yesterday was Monday. When he woke up Monday morning when they arrived or whatever, he I could tell he wasn't feeling well and uh, took the test, and he's got the vid. Old guy. That's still a thing, eh? Wow. Yeah. It's. Uh, I was at the uh, Dome with uh, Johnny Slabshot on uh, Sunday, as you know, and uh, for a few moments I looked around the Dome and I thought of COVID, and I thought, isn't it interesting a couple of years ago the stadium... Uh, isn't it provocative? This stadium would have been... Um, you know, empty. Number one, they weren't playing in front of anyone or in Buffalo, and now it just packed to the rafters. And uh, and I thought you don't hear a lot about COVID, and bang, here we go. Yeah, I mean, he says he's feeling better. I'm going to go and have a. It's funny, funny you said that. Funny, interesting, funny. provocative. <laughs> uh, because I said, well, that's a drag. Obviously, I wanted to see him. You know, he's my buddy. He's my brother. I love the guy. I said, I'm going to come out to Kitchener. Maybe Wednesday, if you're feeling better, for an old school, old style, back 2020, 21 visit, you know, masks on, social distancing, you know, old school times. And uh, yeah. Like outside or something? Outside, yes. Outside in the rain. Fuck. Yeah. That's what I told him, too. I I, I told him we weren't probably not going to get to play maybe Thursday at the best because the next couple of days today and tomorrow are just going to be wretched. What about his lady friend? Is she okay? I don't... I, so far, yeah. And he's in a house with... He's at his lady friend's family's home. So I don't know if he's... He said he's isolated. They found him like he's down in the basement like an animal. <laughs> like a COVID well, animal. <laughs> say what you want about David and his condition. He's uh, he's healthier than Gordon Lightfoot. That's, that's sure. right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Gordon Lightfoot. Uh, we we had a, you weren't with us, Dan. At the end of the program, we have to update everybody on oh, some death yeah. news. Mm-hmm. But uh, to start with you, anyway. So that's that. Uh, what we did weather. Edmonton is better, which is annoying. What what is that thing that's going on in Eastern Canada that's affecting us? I don't know uh, what it's called again, Howard. But I uh, I saw an explanation one night. You know, and I credit the guy on Global News. I never watch Global News, but my mother-in-law does. She was here. And he explained it quite nicely. Um, And again, it's sort of like uh, you described earlier uh, with that weather report. It's There's nothing locked in other than this pattern. It's a swirl above eastern Canada. And we just keep getting the tail end of it. And just when it seems to be ending, it swirls around and gives it back to us. So that's locked in, but warm weather is not. Uh, yeah. And it's been, it's been going on now for pretty much two weeks, eh? Yeah, more than that. This is a third Sort week. of the same type yeah. of weather, yeah. Just sort of highs around 9, 10. Mm-hmm. It, you know, yesterday, like today, it's here in the city. It's, you know, you know from what I can see, it's sunny, uh, and as it was yesterday morning. And then by the time... You know, the show was over. It got cloudy again, and it started raining again. It rained off and on all day. I don't know what it's like in Brampton. Dan, what was it like in... Uh, well, you were, well, you were in the city yesterday. Yeah, yeah, the right. same weather as you, obviously. Right. But it's, uh, you know, just a couple of degrees uh, cooler up here. All Had right. Some Had some rain. Yeah. It's wet. Well, now. you know what? All we can do is we can just, we can just do nothing but honor the... The well, this songwriting genius. What's that? This is fitting. Yeah. Well, it's fitting because oh, yeah. recently the skies have looked like November. That's right. And have been gloomy. 
84 years old, Gordon Lightfoot died. Uh, he was not really well the last uh, little while. Had some health challenges. Uh, as you mentioned, Freddie, he had canceled a tour recently. And had a good run, though. 84 is a good run. What are you going to do? Can't live forever. Yeah, it's just he's one of those guys, right? He's just been he's been around your whole life and yeah. sort of a Canadian treasure. And uh, almost, you know, like uh, that sort of invincible thing. Like he's he's always going to be here or something. I don't know. I can't explain it. But yeah, when he canceled uh, the remainder of 2023 tour last week, you knew something was up. And when you looked at pictures of him, oh yeah, you know, like death warmed <laughs> <Yeah>. over. <laughs> he did. You know, we were. I, I was saying to Freddie Dan, uh, I was watching some uh, live Gordon Lightfoot from the early seventies, the Midnight Special. And I said, there he was. You know, in the prime of his life, probably maybe late twenties, early thirties maximum, and uh, vibrant with the curly hair. And then I shared the screen with Fred, and I showed him a picture of what he looked like lately, and it looked like the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> you know, and, and, and not yeah. to make light of it, but, you know, that's what we do. But, I mean, it's just, I said to Fred, it's cruel what happens to people. It really is. You know, you live long enough. Like, you're not getting out of here. You know, you're not getting out looking like, you know, you did. You're, you're going to look like an old man with straggly long hair. and You just, it's just not easy getting old, fellas. Yeah, that's the look I'm going for. Old man with scraggly long hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. Right now, at ages whatever we are, <laughs> this, is, this is it for us. This is as good as we're going to look ever. It ain't getting any better. Um, beside the uh, wreck, of, uh, wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, of course, famously, uh, I don't know if you were a disc jockey when that was a song, Dan, but it was great for me as an announcer because it gave you all kinds of time. But that I was, was just going to say, yeah, just going to say, what six is it, minutes, six, six, six twenty nine. Yeah, they could have whittled it down to three. But uh, the only number one song he had uh, in 19, this is 1971, uh, his first appearance on the Billboard chart uh, was with If You Could Read My Mind, but this was his only number one hit, uh, Sundown. In the mid-1970s, the single and the album topped the Billboard his first and only time doing so. That was 1975 or so. Did you ever get sick of playing a record of the Edmund Fitzgerald? Yeah, about the first time I heard it, yes. <laughs> I, I mean, the length of the song was great, but it was also like only up. Yeah, Lumby called it uh, that dirge, I believe. <laughs> right. You gotta play that dirge again. Say what you want, though. He really caught the mood of oh, absolutely. the tragedy. Um, the artist, he is. Listen, in the details here, I can't, you know what I mean? It's been 10, 12 years, but. When I was working in Peterborough as a program I got to know Ronnie Hawkins, went to his house two or three times. And his house sat up on a hill and you look down and he had these cabins right on the water there on Stony Lake. And the story he told me or us when we were there is that in one of those cabins, um, Gordon Lightfoot stayed in there with what's-her-head, the, the John Belushi chick. What's her name? Uh, I know who you mean, but I can't remember her name. Kathy Sorry. something. Kathy something, yeah. Kathy Smith. 
Right. By the way, that's actually her name, I think, Kathy Smith. Hmm. And that's where he started to formulate um, Sundown, that song. And yeah. eventually completed it, wrote it, uh, you know, completed it, released it, and uh, yeah. Wrote it, most, he wrote it in Ron, Ronnie Hawkins' Hock Yeah, he started to put it, and like he was inspired by the, the sunset or nice. something. That's the way the story went. Ronnie's dead too, right? Did he not die recently? Or a couple of, I don't have, I don't have my I don't have my yeah. dead chart in front of me, but yeah. Okay. Well, you yeah, know, it's, a, it's there's been a run of dead guys. He's passed um, on. Yes. My only uh, Gordon Lightfoot uh, story is this: You were not. I think this was the first time I was at the mix, or I was at CKFM. Yeah, so it was. It wasn't when you had gone. So Gordon Lightfoot was a very good friend of the Slave family. <clears throat> and uh, for our Christmas party, our Christmas get-together in 1991. Mm. So that year I left and went to the CKFM, which became the mix. We were all gathered at some restaurant on Young Street across from the radio station. Gary had us all come over and the whole staff was there of the couple of stations. And uh, we had like a nice lunch. And then all of a sudden, Gordon Lightfoot showed up and played for an hour. Mm. And nothing, it was, uh, nothing, will, nothing will get a party going like Ed Fitzgerald. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Jesus. But it wasn't, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, we're, it was kind of a, right. one of those things where I'm like, are we having like a noon time? Was it, you know, in those days, we mm. still were have, people were still having big Christmas parties. And I remember thinking it was when we were told that the Christmas party was going to be a lunch. I was like, well, that's kind of sucks. But then I got there and we had the big lunch, whatever. And then Gordon Lightfoot shows up. And all I remember thinking is, this is pretty cool mm-hmm. at the time that Gary knows Gordon well enough that he's like, hey, Gord, come over and play for my Christmas party. Mm-hmm. And that was it, just him and a guitar on a stool. And yeah, I mean, it wasn't like people were dancing and shit. <laughs> it was, uh, you don't think but it was uh, pretty cool. You don't think he would have slid him a few slate dollars? <laughs> I don't. I'm sure he, uh, he paid him in other ways. I don't know, man, but it was pretty cool. I, yeah, absolutely. A Canadian icon. I would have, you know, I was same, you know, I don't think I've ever had a Gordon Lightfoot foot song on any of my playlists, and I never had that type of passion for the man. But again, one of those, you got to admire him for his accomplishments and great Canadian icon, and he sure titillated a lot of people with his music, including Americans. Oh, yeah. I mean... But at the time, he was big in the 70s and on the Midnight Special and charting in America. You know, when Dan and I first started being disc jockeys, there was a bit of a stink around CanCon. There just was, because a lot of it wasn't very good. And sometimes... What's what's the matter now? What have you done? (laughs) What have you done now? Nothing. I always say he was charting in America, and then I was thinking last week he was charting in his pants. <laughs> see, see, I knew there was something because you made because you, you made yourself laugh. You know, here's the thing: you and I are the payback we're going to get from karma is going to be just fucking amazing. Oh, oh my you, god! You, do you think we're just going to be think? hooked up to tubes, fucking shitting ourselves? We'll, Karma's going to be like ha ha ha. Anyway, as I was saying, <laughs> most of the CanCon wasn't very good. And when I started in radio in 1977 and Dan in 75 <laughs> or 6, a lot of that was uh, poorly produced and it wasn't good, but you had to play it. Right. And Gordon Lightfoot, unfortunately, kind of got caught up in that, I think, in a lot of Canadian announcers' right. 
minds. Would you not agree, Dan? Oh, totally. Because we had to play 33% CanCon yes. in the day, right? Yes. And that meant that, you know, that's a that's 30% of all the music you play. Yeah. Uh, then you you went to the, what the programmers did, went to the best of the Canadian content songs, and then they played the shit out of them all the time. So yeah, then, for sure. So, they, so like a hit song, these got played almost a little bit more than all the, the regular hit songs. So it's like, it's crazy. So the Stampeders and the Guess Who and yeah. Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah, yeah. The, well, my point is, even even the ones that were good, you didn't really respect as much at the time because they all got you know kind of caught up in that same. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, <laughs> fucking yeah. Sure. He, he went from charting to charting. <laughs> oh, he's doing it again. He's doing it twice. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> what did we oh, say? Yeah. Uh, we we he said we were talking before the show and we said yeah he canceled his tour because <laughs> he knew he was because he was dying that's why yeah that's a good reason to cancel your tour <laughs> said, yeah. I, I don't think he got he said I, I don't think I can go on tour why is that Gord I think I'm dying <laughs> fucking I don't think uh, I think uh, this tour is a bit ambitious why because about three weeks from now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to die in a Motel 6. Mm. Yeah, no, exactly. Dan doesn't laugh at the deaths. No, really. well, because he's a boy, you baby. He's a, child, he's a child of Jesus. He's a cut above us. He no, really for sure. is. No, yeah, no, I was just thinking about the top 40 chart. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> who's, on, who's on the chart? The chart charts. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? Um, but so, anyway, Gordy, uh, Gordy's gone. Just, yes, he's uh, gone. You know? Yes, and, and, and then, the, the, <laughs> and, and as you can see, we're we're uh, we're honoring his uh, fucking memory. And then you can't help but think, who's next? Dan Murray? Who? Like Dan Murray? Who? Would no, be who's going to who's going to start themselves next? <laughs> who would be next on the you know Canadian musical icon Neil Young. list? Neil oh, Young will geez, be next. Don't even don't even think well, he's of gonna, that. He's going to die sometime. No, I know. No, I know. You know when those again, and we've lost some obviously, but right, Neil Young, Paul McCartney, all those guys are just going to at some point even just go naturally. It's going to be devastating. It's going to be weird. Well, well, you won't. Will you be making uh, shark jokes when Paul McCartney dies? Oh, probably. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll tell the story about how when he came on stage, you cried, and then you shit yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so to answer Dan, of course, bored now, wants to get... Dan's like, can I go? Yeah, Dan, listen. Dan, <laughs> so if you I have... Say yes. Listen, if you have to go... I was looking up Randy Bachman to see how old he is. He's old. Comics. Well, his yeah, brother yeah. just died. Boy, yeah. a lot of deaths. What's his name? Tim, wasn't it? I don't remember his name. I don't know. I I didn't know he was that. I was reading it yesterday. He was quite instrumental in uh, Randy's musical uh, career and life, behind the scenes or something, or played with the band or whatever. But he's dead. Gordon Lightfoot's dead. Dead. Howard and I are going to talk about another guy we know who's dead. Uh, I know, like, a, a friend of mine, you know. Uh, that I've known for years died. Jesus Christ Almighty! A mouse ran Most. up my nighty. <laughs> Speaking of dead people, yesterday weren't you talking about uh, a dead sportscaster? Yeah, we're about yeah, to, we're about to reveal. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. The big, we're about uh, to reveal. But I, I again, I know you. You're done now. 
you're uh, just you're so over our whole show. So uh, I guess we'll just wish you the best of uh, this day. And thank uh, you, thank you, mm, thank you I'll for your up. service to this program uh, for the twenty-seven and forty twenty-seven minutes forty-two seconds. Yeah, and uh, thanks for the information about the no mo may stuff. And yeah. uh, good for you. Okay, I will uh, speak with you then again tomorrow. Yes, you will. Thank All you right. very much, my friend. Okay. All right. Okay, Dan Duran. Dan Duran. Duran. Or just speaking yeah. with you uh, both is, uh, very soon. He's too classy for this program, <laughs> which I find hilarious. Okay. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> That's Dan Duran. He's gone. He's not kidding. He's got no time for this crap. Um, before I tell you, uh, and Fred and I uh, give you an update on who passed uh, this guy that I was re- alluding to yesterday that was a. Actually, I found out after the show that it was closer to you than I even remembered, but that's... Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll get to that, but first, uh, this uh, important message. Yeah, uh, the retirement sure for Tim Niblett, a uh, portfolio manager, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, Timmy, if you have a portfolio, uh, you're not happy with the progress of it or you've wondered about it, uh, Tim will have a look at it. Uh, he'll set you straight. He'll tell you whether you're on the right course or not. No strings attached, no obligation. Now, Tim will be on uh, the show tomorrow, of course, and uh, the subject will be sherpasizing your home, meaning, you know, people who want to uh, pull the equity out of their homes to uh, do other things. Uh, a lot of us are in that position. Uh, he's the Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. And if you're talking to him your uh, or your Sherpa, have them uh, check out AaronVentures.com, a.k.a. Boron1, Boron1 now trading. They're an emerging international junior mining and exploration company supporting this program and engaged in the acquisition, exploration, and development of resource properties. Their venture strategies to uncover and capitalize on unique development opportunities within Canada and various regions internationally. Uh, to that end, they're trying to get boron out of the ground. Uh, I've mentioned this several times. Check it out yourself, though, and maybe have your people check it out for you. Because it really is going to be one of those things where you'll be like, ooh. Remember when uh, Howard and Fred were talking about that uh, boron mining thing? Wish I'd got on that train. Uh, now's the time to check it out. Boron One. Uh, you can find out more at AaronVentures.com. Um, so, yeah, my brother thought, my Edmonton Steve thought it was uh, somewhat comical that you and I were talking about this at the end of the show. But it did pick his interest in terms of, like, who was that? And uh, when I told Freddie, as I just mentioned a second ago, like, I knew you knew him, but I did not know uh, the extent of it. And the uh, guy that passed away is a golf, well, he's a sportscaster, but I found out because he's pretty well known in the golf community, golf writer for many, many years, Ian Hutchinson. Yeah, he, you wouldn't really call him a sportscaster, would you? More of a sports writer, was he not? Yeah, he was like a golf writer. In fact, uh, reading yesterday, he was quite instrumental in some uh, golf publications. And I knew that. And the thing is, with Ian Hutchinson, you know, we're going back and forth like the immature idiots we are yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to guess who died, and you didn't tell me till after. And then it really hit home with me because Ian Hutchinson and I went to college together at uh, Seneca College. And we were very, very close during those two years and remain close for a few years after that. You know, we both uh, left college and uh, 
found our way in the media and uh, kept in touch. Good guy, but I hung out a lot with him in the late 70s. Really did. Never lost touch. Always such a sweet, sweet guy, Ian. So, uh, yeah, I was uh, upset yesterday because, again, he's my age, what, 66, 67, a young man, and uh, dies of heart failure. So, all joking aside, it it wasn't a pleasant moment when you... When you gave me that news, well, I could tell that I was, you know, I, I was, you know, it's funny. I had written it down because I found out late on Sunday. I'd written it down to tell you before the show, and then I was like, "Oh, I didn't tell him before the show. Should I tell him now?" And uh, so he became a golf sports writer. What did you end up doing? <laughs> you know, I have to ask Elise. It just hit me. He may have been at my wedding, actually. Seriously, I think he was. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you think the funny, not the funny thing, but the uh, Mm -hmm. interesting thing is that you, who you thought it was, it wasn't that person. Mm -hmm. You were going to guess who it was. Mm -hmm. And that person's still Mm -hmm. alive, although could be dead. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) Could be dead and eaten by cats. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but back to this fellow Ian Hutchison, who I've met from time to time. I th- I'm pretty sure he was on this show, not the podcast. I don't know, but probably uh, my my friend, another friend I do a podcast with, Tim O'Connor, knew him very very well because Tim's part of that world, the golf writer yep. world, and lots of uh, well wishes from guys like Lauren Rubinstein and Bob Weeks and uh, Rick Young all kinds of golf guys uh, mm-hmm. Richard Zokel another friend of mine yeah 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 um, and he just yeah he just passed away at home heart failure sad and again I can't remember right like Delise and I our 43rd anniversary is coming up in June so again excuse my memory but yeah, I'm sure I had a few of the college guys at my wedding, and Ian, I'm sure, was one of them, now that I think about it. Wow. So he would have been about, because you're, you're going to turn 66 or 67, I think. 67 in July. Mm-hmm. And so he would have been in that age group, which is very, yeah. very young. I know some oh. of you younger mm-hmm. people don't think so, but it is. You know, mm-hmm. Gordon Lightfoot passing at 84, well, okay. That's about the standard. You know, that's even a little bit above the Canadian male average. Mm-hmm. My dad died a couple months before his 84th birthday. How old was your dad when he died? 82. So there you go. But you get yeah. to 67. You still got a couple of good years of travel left in you. You've got, you know, you, you had that story, and I keep thinking about it. A few weeks ago, whenever it was, could have been last year, but about... You're you're kind of still vigorous enough till age sixty nine. That's kind of when you people oh, say. Right. What yeah. was that story about? Uh, the average Canadian male is consider you know on average you're pretty functional until sixty nine, and then there's a a drop off. Not necessarily dramatic, but you know, in a Scandinavian country, it might be seventy two or seventy three. You know what I mean? It's just, sure. They've determined there's an age where Canadians tend to. Where you you start to lose some yeah. of your mobility. In America, it's yeah. 57. In America, it's 57 or 56, I'm sure. Uh, Probably 46. Yeah, exactly. I was trying mm-hmm. to think of a number, but yeah, I should have gone yeah. early. I should have gone younger, 45. 
But uh, so 67, your friend Ian, you know, that's kind of, that's, you know, I'm, a lot of my very good friends, you, my brother Steve, similar age, you know, 67. If I found out that Edmonton Steve was no more, I'd be bummed. Mm-hmm. But you talk about your dad, my dad at 82, Gordon Lightfoot at 84. <clears throat> and I think that's the one thing that will bother me in three years or three and a bit years when I turn 70, knowing that chances are very good that I've got just a decade and a bit probably (laughs) to live. And when you think, we've been doing this show now for, what, 12 years, whatever it is? Yeah, it'll be 12 years this fall. How quickly that 12 years went by? Just like, and you know, it seems the older you get, the quicker the time goes. Sure. Like, seriously, the past 10, 15 years have just been lightning to me. So once I hit 70, the thought that, boy, when that first number's an eight... I better, you know, I better have my stuff in order. (laughs) Well, that's why you need to embrace every day and try and, you know, stretch it out and enjoy it and, you know, stop. What is Lennon's uh, line? You know, life's life's what happens when you're making plans. Life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. And, uh, you know, there's another famous, uh, you know, this isn't a dress rehearsal. This is uh, this is all you got. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, we, you know, we're going to talk to uh, the Sherpa tomorrow about this uh, idea of, you know, Sherpa sizing your house. But the idea is, you know, starting to think about getting some equity out of your assets to use them while you still can. Tying in the idea that this study about, you know, how you have until about age 69 or 70 before shit starts to really break down on average. It doesn't have to. Right. Listen, mm-hmm. we, we hung out for a month, you and I, with our good friend Bill Hertz, who... 12 mm-hmm. years ago set us on a course of uh, sponsorship and taught us how to do that he's still vigorous he's 78 years old and i guarantee you he could take both of us like easily uh-huh. not even like not break a sweat he's a strong you know very he's been strong his whole life yeah and there's guys like him but there's also guys or i've met guys around him similar age that don't have that are more frail that don't have his you know but he worked at it too that's another thing you, you know you have to work at it yeah, for sure. Yeah, you got to have a mind to that. There's no doubt about that. I've been thinking about that lately, too. Just basic strength. Yeah. Nothing crazy, you know, whether it's resistance bands or light weights, just something. Just a little resistance you got to keep on the on your body as you get older. And I say it, you know, and you have... You have periods where you do it, and then personally, I'm talking, and then you fall away from it, and you can't. You gotta, it's got to become part of your day. Well, and you do a lot of walking. I know you do. But there isn't, you know, there's a book I've mentioned a couple times when we have these discussions called Stronger Next Year. And I read it a few years ago. And the idea was, you know, that a lot of people don't believe older people can build strength. But what you can do is maintain strength. And, and if you work at yeah. it, you could build some strength. So, uh, yeah, you need to do that. And, uh, you know, take care of yourself, for God's sake. And uh, RIP Ian Hutchison. And uh, I, here's the thing. I, when I told Freddie yesterday, everybody, you were like, you were shocked and a bit sad. But you also said something mm-hmm. you rarely say to me, which is, you know what? At one point you looked at me and you went, you know what? I might go to this guy's, uh, you know, memorial or whatever celebration of life. And that really drove yes. home to me the point that you definitely were closer mm-hmm. to him than I would recall. Because I didn't mm-hmm. recall that you went to school with him. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I know. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. He was a good uh, good guy. Good. Well, like we were we were really very close in college. Yes, we were. Like you know, like dated. <laughs> Sorry, no. <laughs> Sorry, no. I was dating Doll at the time. He loved Doll. Of course he did. Who doesn't? He did. Fuck. She's. You know what, Doll? I said this to myself the other day. Mm. Dolls. For people who don't know, Delise. Mm. Doll's mm-hmm. ethereal. Go look that up. She's ethereal. There's something about her that's otherworldly. How goddamn sweet she is. Uh, mm-hmm. And this just drives home the fact that these Maple Leafs facing Florida tonight better get on it because we don't have forever to wait for the uh, Leafs to, you know, do the unthinkable and actually get to the Stanley Cup Finals. That's right, uh, which uh, brings us to Bodog. Yes, my brother. You know, uh, tonight, the Leafs for game one. All right, favored at minus 165. The Panthers will pay $140, okay, as the underdog. Over under on the game, 6.5. And again, the series, Maple Leafs favored minus 180. Sizable. Uh, the Panthers will, play, uh, will pay one, uh, $155. Okay, and I get these numbers from Bodog, and uh, whether you're a, well, whether you're just a sports better or you love the casino thing, a horse racing fan, uh, Bodog is your number one source of online gambling entertainment, from their industry-leading odds to the world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room, uh, to their fully loaded casino and racebook. They've been uh, providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Yeah, I'm actually feeling good about the Leafs. I, I, I just am. I, after all they've been through, I think they just got it in their heads that hey, man, it's here for the taking. We ain't gonna, we ain't gonna screw with this. Just got that feeling. Well, as I said to you the other day, and we'll get to, to Bill Brio here in about thirty seconds. But there's a, uh, there's an un. They, they seem they're gonna. I, I can't wait for the first period tonight because they they're going to be unfettered. They're going to be un restricted now they don't have that specter of failure hanging over them it really is all gravy for them now because they've proven they can get by the first round mm-hmm. and it will be interesting to see i have a friend and it's funny I, I don't know why i haven't suggested this to you before but a guy i'm going to play golf with on sunday i've known him for a couple years he was a he's a sports site he's a therapist but he's a, he did he did he did work with a bunch of nhl teams and it might be interesting yeah. to get him on because he used to work with the Detroit uh, Red Wings quite a bit, mm-hmm. to get his opinion or thoughts on team psychology uh, at this level. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to ask him if he would do it. In the meantime, let's talk about, because we're going to get back to the Leafs, but I'm sure Mr. Mm-hmm. Brio has a, a thought or two from, uh, of course, the world-famous uh, Brio.tv podcast. <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, one of the uh, fi- one of our favorite guests. Can we just say that now? You know, we're not going to be around forever. Let's just welcome our friend Santa Bilbrio. Thank you, thank you. It's uh, very kind of you guys. Uh, you're my favorite humble and Fred, <laughs> and uh, it's always a pleasure to be here. And what you say, the Leafs are in the playoffs. Is that true? <laughs> Did I hear that correctly? Yeah, you may have heard. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm Fred. You know, I've always followed your your. Facebook and your Twitter posts and things, and I remember how passionate you were about the Leafs, so it's interesting to hear you talk, how you're, you're feeling positive. Um, I was like you. I was fed up with these guys and been fooled once, fooled twice. And so it's, you know, and, and I'm, I'm still a little skeptical. You know, they could have lost that series in 
five games if a couple yes. of overtimes went the other way. So we'll see. They do have a clear path. Boy, I <laughs> mean, all these big teams are knocked out. This is the opportunity of their lifetime. So uh, you, you would hope that they step up and go all the way. Yeah, Howard, I know you gave me some um, numbers yesterday about the Oilers. Twenty, yeah, the Oilers, this analytics company. And by the way, just pause for a second. That's such yeah. a that's such a Leafs fan uh, observation of the game. But it could have lost it. Yeah, of course they could have. Right, but, but I know. That, that is I so know. good though. Um, the Leafs are fa- the Leafs, uh, according to analytics, are uh, the Oilers are twenty percent odds of winning this, the Stanley Cup, and the Leafs are at sixteen percent. But all a lot of the betting lines, the Leafs are favored to win the cup now. Wow! Wow! Um, and they are. And the th- you know, here is the thing: it's theirs for the taking. It's up to them because, as Billy just said, you can't look at one other team that's still in it and say they're better than clearly better than the Leafs. Right? Yeah. Um, There's a lot yeah. of C- Cinderella teams, right? Florida and my goodness, you know, and Seattle was very impressive. Seattle. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll we'll see. I don't know. Should the parade go down University? Do you think? Yeah, or yeah. Uh, where? You know, uh, that's the thing. I'm. I, I they still got to show me, and uh, I'm sorry, but uh, it's exciting. I'm happy for them. I'm happy for my son. For people of a younger generation who really get a chance to celebrate now, uh, I think, which is cool. Um, I was Saturday night. I sat here on the couch and I watched the game with Johnny Slapshot, my ten year old grandson and he was quite excited when that Tavares goal went in that greasy goal that I loved Um, and then I'm sitting there thinking and I explained to him I said the last time the Leafs won the Stanley Cup I was his age yeah now here I am a here I am a grandfather with my 10 year old grandson and I was him the last time they won the Stanley Cup it's mind-boggling really yeah I'm the the same age Fred my dad uh, I sat and watched it I was not yet 10 just about and uh yeah, you know, Armstrong, somebody scored into an empty net. Was that uh, the captain? Yes. And, and yep. Leafs won this game, I think, 3-1. to one, And yep. my dad looked at me and said, well, get used to this. <laughs> you know, he, had right. seen, he had seen 11 Stanley yeah. Cup wow. wins by right. Toronto. And, uh, you know, I had seen four by the time I was not quite 10 or was alive for. So you got used to it, right? You took it for granted. And then we all got punished. Well, yeah, I, 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 oh, I'm I'm sure I grew up out west, and as I, my brother he lives in Edmonton, Bill, and so he was talking to me yesterday about wouldn't it be cool if it was a, an Oilers Leaf Stanley Cup final? And I said, think about this, Edmonton, Steve. The last time the Leafs won the Stanley Cup, our parents made a trip across the country to go see Expo in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Wow! Yeah, exactly. Leafs messed up Montreal's party by winning the Stanley Cup. That was. Uh, you know, remember the, I remember this the uh, the Expo logo at Center Ice right, right around the dot. It was it was cool. Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, I only remember that one in '67 vaguely. I remember yeah. sitting beside my dad, and as the time counted down, I mean, you know, and at ten years old, it, obviously you don't appreciate the magnitude of winning the Stanley Cup, even at the time. In the fact that this would be the last one for pushing sixty years, but I like I vaguely remember that, but the the preceding ones, I I no recollection whatsoever. Even even Edmonton, when you think about it, right? I, again, it's not sixty seven, but it was. What, when was their last cup? Like eighty three, eighty four, something like that. Eighty eight, even eighty eight. Yeah, even no, even no, that, 80, well, eighty eight was Calgary. Okay, it was around. No, eighty nine was uh, eighty nine was eighty nine was Calgary. Okay, you're right. They won one after Gretzky left, right? Yeah, so maybe 90. So anyway, even for them, it's 32 years. The Canadian team hasn't won in 30 years. So Vancouver's never won, right? No, 
Yeah. yeah well, anyways, boys, listen. It's gonna. I, I, I was gonna tell you. I'm not. I grew up not a Leaf fan, but I've been here 33 years, and I've been sitting next to one of the, you know, great all time. So I, I got excited. I couldn't give a <laughs> shit in February, but man, I watched every game. And uh, here's I, I, here's how I've become jaded because of my association with him. I told him this story. I'm watching the overtime. I'm watching with my buddy. Like every time Tampa touched touched the puck, I kept going. Well, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Watch here. They're going to lose. Watch this. <laughs> Fuck. You expect it. Exactly. Expect well, the did. worst. It's it's conditioning. No. Yeah. It's, it, is. it just is conditioning. And, Bill, that's what I said to Howard yesterday. The way that goal went in with Tavares, I love that. Because it usually happens to us, not right. for us. Right. Um, yeah. Well, let's yeah. segue now to Bill's uh, segment here. And maybe start at the end with uh, another sports Cinderella story. And it's, uh, well, Ted Lasso. But I wanted to talk to you about Welcome to Wrexham. Which is kind of like the re- the real Ted Lasso. Yeah, but uh, have you are you aware of it? Have you watched any of it? Are you uh, watched every minute? Yeah. of Welcome to Wrexham. I thought it was fantastic. It was oh. better than Ted Lasso. You know, it was just mm-hmm. so heartwarming to see this city uh, evolve under this leadership of these two North American TV and movie stars. You know, it was fascinating. It, it fascinating. And, we, we, you know, we've talked a lot about it on the show recently because our friend Darren suggested it to us about a week and a half ago, and he and I have been binge-watching it. But I found I just looked at it because I've got three episodes to go. And, and there's this worldwide global phenomenon about Wrexham. But the, 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 the show on YouTube, which you can buy, I bought it, for like it's like a buck an episode or whatever, has 165 million subscribers. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. 165 million have, people have watched that series. So when, whatever you feel about Ryan Reynolds and how much money they had to spend to, to buy the team, it's peanuts compared to what they're, <laughs> what they're clocking. Mm-hmm. Ted Lasso, yeah, though. Well, Go ahead. It, it shows you the power of, of football, of soccer. Yeah. You know, it's not, you know, in North America, it's popular. But, oh, my goodness, you know, there's a billion people worldwide who would want to see that. So uh, it's just a wonderful show. As I said to Howard, it's taken me 66 years. You know, I've never appreciated the game per se, just the game. Yeah. But when you start to get absorbed or appreciate the culture around it, all of a sudden you look at the game differently. And that's where I'm at. It took me this long, and it took this series to do that to me. But it's like, I want to go to Wrexham. I want to go to one of those games. I want to go to that pub, you know? And interesting you say that, because now Mm -hmm. you can appreciate why a nil-nil score is exciting for those people. Like every time, like there's so much wrapped up and and invested in it that uh, that you know the big joke we always made for years is like yeah call, you know g- give me a call when they start scoring goals, but it's right. it's so now and back to, I was going to say so segueing again to Ted Lasso, a lot of times series that I like maybe you guys are the same, you know season two is not as good as season one and season three gets worse, but I think and I just watched uh, episode seven. Uh, a couple nights ago, I st- I think it's it's as good as it was, and it still gives you an emotional. I find it very uh, still very well done. What do you think, Billy? Oh my goodness, yeah, it's um, you know Bill Lawrence is one of the producers on the show, and he does a lot of things I really like. Uh, and uh, the hallmark is just that the, you get a, a sense that the cast all really like each other. You yeah. know, like it's a very positive experience. Um, there was an episode, not uh, last week's, the one before. But always every season, there's one where they go outside the usual. Yeah, the one where uh, Coach thought he was on mushrooms or something. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And then, and then this year, uh, it was a similar one. Uh, 
where they're they're just sort of off campus. And yes. Those are fascinating, and they're usually written by Coach Beard. The, yes. Uh, the, you know, and, <laughs> oh, you know, it's just so rich and fun, but uh, joyous. And uh, you know, Hannah Waddington and uh, the the cast is really fascinating. So having a good time watching yeah. it now. You know, on the lipstick Lesbo uh, yeah. twist isn't it's bad a great, either. You know. It's a pretty good twist. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, the that little love story, that little sort of yeah. whatever that, uh, what they call that, and that arc, yeah. that right. arc is fascinating. The, it gets a guy to thinking, yeah. The mm-hmm. the arc with Hannah and the guy that in Amsterdam who never found yes. out his name, that was so, you want to talk about a pretty sexy kind of. But but a, a sexy vibe without actually doing anything. It was just really cool. Yeah, it was. And uh, fascinating to see uh, that evolve. You know, a lot of people, people get invested <laughs> in these shows. They want Ted and uh, mm-hmm. Hannah's character to get together. You know, like, I think it's it's great that they're, they've got their own agenda with this. And uh, we'll see what happens. But I, I do like the show. But then again, the, the other show I mentioned was Barry. And I don't know if you mm. guys are watching this season of Barry, but oh no. my goodness, it's, it's the yin and the yang of... Um, Ted Lasso. Lasso well, explain is- to people who it is. I've only seen a couple episodes, but it's mm-hmm. so it's such a bizarre um, concept or premise. But but explain that. Well, uh, it's Bill Hader's show. He stars as a, an assassin, a, a gunman, who decides to, at one point to take acting lessons, and he takes it from the Fonz, Henry Winkler. Mm-hmm. And uh, Winkler is just fantastic as this uh, really vain uh, acting coach. Uh, and uh, Hader is just a deadly killer, ruthless. And uh, he's on stage with other people doing scenes. Um, this season uh, is season four, spoiler alert. But at the end of season three, um, the Fonz kind of turns him in and he's in jail. And uh, so it starts off and he's in the slammer. And um, Hater writes these episodes, a lot of them. He directs them. Uh, he's a big Jacques Tati fan. You get lots of long shots. He's brilliant. I, I can't say it enough how impressive it is what he's doing this season. So you kind of have to watch it, but it's a dark, dark, <laughs> dark show. It's it's opposite of Lasso. Every bit is impressive. Oh, I'm going to tell on your recommend. I might start again because I like the. I, I, I do remember liking it and then kind of drifting away from it. But you've mentioned it a few times, and I love Bill Hader. So weird that like he's such a different guy. The Saturday Night Live persona, the impressions. He's sort of got kind of a goofy vibe to him and then this series was so different but I, I'm going to give it another shot yeah give it a try it's a bit you know it's, I had to get past I don't like violent shows uh, you know but uh, I, I, you know this thing is just so damn fascinating and dark and intricate some of the other actors on it it's brilliant okay. I really recommend well, it thank you for that yeah um, what was the other one that, that I was watching for a while and I just and everybody, you know, the guy that used to uh, kill the people that the other one, uh, Dexter, Dexter. Oh, I like is it sort of dark that way or even darker? Because I like Dexter, but that uh, I chopping that, people that, up and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that fell right off the table for me. That show, it was almost like just on, on a dime went from great to not so great. Right. It got mm-hmm. stupid. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think Barry is. Uh, 
much, 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 much funnier. Yes, than, yes, than Dexter. So just for the humor alone, give it a shot. Right. Speaking of a guy thinking things, my favorite character mm-hmm. on Dexter was his sister. I just found her. There's something right. about her. She's was great. sort of. Yeah. You want to talk? Sort of dirty, sexy. Uh, James Corden exits late night. I'd written this down yesterday before I knew what you were going to be talking about because I did want to ask you. I'd read an article. About it, so I'm curious. Let me get your. First of all, I'd never seen the show. I never saw one show of James Corden's Late Late Show, but I've seen hours and hours of carpool karaoke and little bits that he right. would do that I thought were pretty clever. Right. But I don't know uh, much about why he was leaving. But I do have an interesting angle about why CBS isn't renewing it. What's that? It cost about sixty million a year to produce, and right. was making about forty-five million a year. So yeah. they were like, "Okay, James, you, you may be leaving, but we're not going to. They're not going to continue that franchise." Which I, oh. what that's what that's what I'm saying. Which, by the mm. way, speaking of time passages, that show, the Late Late Show, has been around for twenty-eight years. Yeah, well, if you go all the way back to. Uh Ted, uh, who was the original host? Was Snyder. He just used to uh, Tom Snyder. Tom yeah, Snyder. Yeah, he, he he launched that. You know, a radio guy. He, he was very fascinating to listen to and a great style. Yeah, I used to love um, Tom Snyder. But but um, yeah, I, 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 I'm like you. I, I very very almost never ever watch the show at twelve thirty seven a.m. But uh, yeah, I've seen Adele doing carpool karaoke like two hundred. <laughs> That's people. exactly like a billion uh, other people. Yeah, like truly, and the one with McCartney in uh, where they're going mm-hmm. back to uh, Liverpool and they go to the pub and they're crossing the Abbey Road. I loved every minute of that. It was really, really fun. Um, but there was something about the show. It was a little kiss ass. It was it kind of Hollywood fun and games in an era when you had Colbert and The Daily Show drilling down on Trump every day. Like they just weren't right. in that same swim. And, and I think the show got forgotten because of that. Well, I, aren't all those late night shows eventually going to suffer the same fate? Because, you know, I love Jimmy Kimmel, but I never watch his show. I watch all the clips of his right. monologues on YouTube. And, you know, as much as I hate Trump and everything, it's like you wonder why that Greg Gutfeld is doing so well. Um I think it's the same reason Fox generally does well. He's the only guy with a late night talk show mm-hmm. that that delivers the other side. Yeah. You know, all the other guys every night their monologues are against Donald Trump. I mean, it sounds like this show yeah. from the past year or so. No, but but I think that's a great point. It's why that's it's why yeah. originally Rush Limbaugh succeeded because he was literally the only guy at that time. To your point, mm-hmm. Fred, uh, Seth Meyers. So uh, uh, Corden was averaging nine hundred and seventy one thousand viewers. Uh, in the last couple of years, Seth Meyers, uh, same time slot, averaging only one point something million. Yeah. But here's my question to you guys. If carpool, like what I don't understand about CBS not being able to make money is this. Mm-hmm. If you've got a billion views, like I could go to see it now and I guarantee you it's billions of views of those segments from yeah. James Corden's show. Is there no money to be made like that? No, no it's mon- it, it can be monetized, but not to the extent that a 30-second ad on CBS can pull in money. Like, it's it's just a different dollars and cents game. You know, the, the reason Saturday Night Live is still on the air 48 years later is it makes money. Yes. And that's 
that's plain and simple. If it didn't make money, it would have been off the air a long time ago. That's a good point. And, uh, yeah, that's why CBS just said enough. And, and it's so competitive, as you say, Fred. So many late-night shows, hardly anybody watching them in real time, uh, that, yeah, others will fail as well. We're seeing The Daily Show go under. I think... Uh, what do you mean? You know, is it So they're not going to continue with the guest hosts and things? Oh, no. I, I guess... What I meant to say is, with the host is as as also left. Oh, the I Daily see. Yeah, show. yeah, and, yeah. That uh, that'll pe- that'll peter out because you know after John Stewart, it's just hard to maintain that. But uh, yeah, well, I don't know about it. I mean, I don't know if I agree. It was hard. I mean, Trevor Noah, because I know you don't like him, but I mean, he did maintain the show's similar numbers for quite some time. Yeah, he I mean, did. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, because again, to Bill's point, they wouldn't have had him on there if he like, he left on his own. They were still making money off Trevor Noah's numbers, whatever they were. Uh, but I just don't think the, they've had a whole slew of guest hosts. A lot of people I like, mm-hmm. Sarah Silverman, uh, Chelsea Handler, Chelsea Handler yeah. uh, a couple but, other people. But when you talk about revenue, I mean, you were talking about Corden's show, you know, cost 60 and only made 45, whatever your numbers were. That carpool karaoke as its own franchise could have made lots of money just through as the, those streaming numbers you gave. That's what I thought. Like, and, and, and that's the thing about Corden. He's known for that. So just think about that. Like uh, comedians in cars getting coffee. You know what I mean? That became right. its own little thing with a low budget and all that stuff. Um, that on its own. Could make but big dough. Here's the thing, though. I remember once um, talking to Jimmy Kimmel. I was down at, at a taping of his show, and in his green room, there was a big uh, uh, framed thing up, and it was from YouTube saying, Congratulations on 100 million YouTube views. Right. And I said to Kimmel, Wow, congrats. He goes, Yeah, big deal. All that does is cannibalize and take viewers away from our real show. Yes. Now, this is quite a while ago before. 100 million people were watching regularly on, on YouTube. But his point was that it's it's a double-edged sword. And uh, it's great that a lot of people are watching you at breakfast the next day in three or five-minute clumps. But that means fewer people are going to tune into your show at night on television. And there's no defense to that because you have to do it. Right. Yeah. You have to do it. Right. Well, let's talk about some stuff that's on TV. Uh, Bill's got quite a uh, slate of stuff that we'll all want to watch. And by the way, if you don't know, Bill Brio uh, has a, a wonderful podcast. I think I've mentioned it. It's uh, Brio.TV. Uh, TV feeds my family. That's how you find out about Bill. And maybe at the end of this uh, slate of shows he's going to tell us, maybe Bill will also tell us what other super guests he's going to have on his podcast that we cannot have on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Every time Bill's on, he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm talking to, I'm talking to Al Pacino." <laughs> really, Bill? Yeah, we've yeah, got. No, uh, I, I honestly, I find it's it's a bit hard this time of year to get guests. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I've been working on some other projects, so I haven't put, put a new episode up in a few weeks. Eric right. Marmick is still there, but uh, yeah, May in April, May, it's a little bit dry, but uh, we'll get some guys. Listen, we consider you a great guest, so tell us some uh, shows we'll be watching in May. Thank you. Well, um, May is, uh, you know, like every other month, packed. We've got, if you look into uh, Jeopardy, there's this Masters, Jeopardy Masters tournament. Mm. Uh, and there was the uh, the young woman from the East Coast who won one of them, you know, racked up dozens of wins. She's on it. There's six uh, uh, Jeopardy Masters 
who will be competing for the overall title. Ken Jennings is host. Uh, they're going to be on uh, ABC. It's going to be three or four nights a week. It's going to be full body contact. They're going to be hitting each other with two by fours. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch. Mm. I think Bill was just trying to see if we were paying attention. <laughs> um, They'll be in no, sumo suits. A- I would like to see the Jeopardy Masters have to compete while in sumo suits. Right. Well, and I and, and I'm guessing Jeopardy Masters they're going to be elevating the questions a bit. So you're going to be sitting there going, I don't know, I don't right. know, yeah, I that's... don't know. But they, they should. <laughs> what is like... fuck? I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what I do now. Yeah, they exactly. Me too. Them, um, bake cakes or something. They should combine it with cooking. Exactly. Sumo suits, answering <laughs> questions, and having to bake some shit. Yeah, uh, I'd watch that. What else uh, you got? Bake- May 10th, there's a, a documentary about Michael J. Fox. It's called Still, a Michael J. Fox movie. Um, seen some clips, and, uh, you know, it's quite uh, poignant. Uh, here's a guy who was the king of timing, and he's had Parkinson's disease for 30 years. And, my God, you know, what a cruel irony. Um, but he's got this incredible spirit, and it comes through on the special um, it's frustrating, though. I remember they, he tried to come back with a, a, a sitcom about 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I remember being on the press tour in L.A. and interviewing him then and really struggling, having a hard time to understand what he was saying at that point and thinking, my God, this guy wants to do this so badly that he's willing to try and find any way to hang on to do, doing what he loves, you know. So it's. Interesting. This documentary, I think, there's a lot of fans will want to see this, and it's coming up on May 10th. Given the Parkinson's angle, it seems odd. Still would be the name of the yeah of the show. Mm. Well, it's what, what, I'm sorry. What should the name of the show be, Fred? Shaky? Yeah. I don't know, Howard. Oh, no. None of us are going to go there, Howard. Nice try. <laughs> no, no. Nice try. I, no, I'm going there. What, what do you think it should be? Shaky? You know? <laughs> Mumbles, oh. yeah, okay. <laughs> shaky mumbles. Was that a better title for you, friend? Sorry, Bill. I apologize for my partner. How heinous things that oh, come yeah. out of his mouth. Hey, listen. If you can't laugh, you would cry. Well, I right. know, but well, to, to come up true. with a title like mm-hmm. "Shaky Trembles," I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, what think, else? What else you got? Yeah, uh, the, the special's about his uh, liquor still, or his. Yeah, no, no. I don't All know. right, Bill. Um, come on. There's um, the you're, family. Bill, you're better than that. I know. Uh, so some days, uh, there's a, a reality show with Sylvester Stallone and his daughters. It's still, Stallone's going to go all Kardashian here. They're going to be cameras in his house, uh, and yeah. uh, he'll be you'll see the big giant sides of beef hanging in the hallway, and uh, his yeah. daughters and yeah, everything. Yeah. And that, that's coming up. I, on I got. I don't. I, I don't have any interest in that. And every time I see a photo or a video of Stallone now, it's like, man, he used to be Rocky, dude. Like. He's got so much plastic yeah. surgery, and he looks sort of almost uh, like a caricature of himself. Yeah, Th- those cameras in the house, those shows have jumped the shark for me. I just, I, 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 I agree. His yeah. show Tulsa King on Paramount, though, is pretty good. I like. Is that. it? Yeah, yeah, okay. it's not bad. Um, and uh, what do we got? Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to come. Oh, you back missed the, the HBO show. doc on Donna Summers. That's kind of cool. Be like, oh, uh, that yeah. would be that would yeah, be interesting. No, All the the years in the seventies, she was a huge uh, artist. And uh, what 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 is the Schwarzenegger Fubar? Fubar. Fubar. He's playing a spy on the verge of retirement. 
And, uh, you know, I just think somebody was smart enough, Netflix, to pull him out of retirement, throw him on the screen. He's uh, you, he's one of those guys who's fascinating on uh, YouTube. You know, he's at his kitchen table. He's got like a, a pony and a donkey. <laughs> you know, I, no, I do like him. I think he's got a pet donkey. Have you ever seen those little scenarios he does? Like he's a guy that yeah. has a sense of humor about himself. Yes. Yeah. That comes through a genuine. He's very good at that stuff. He's very likable. But he also will come on and he looks like he just got out of bed and his hair's <laughs> all disheveled and he's like literally telling America what to do. And his, um, he's very thoughtful. What he's yes. saying is fascinating. Uh, but he looks like he just, you know, uh, got run over by a tractor half the time. So it's interesting. Well, listen, man. Always a pleasure checking in with Bill Brio. We uh, wish you a, a wonderful, you know, if it ever warms up here, you know, wonderful May, spring. What are we going to say? Before I go, yes. favorite Gordon Lightfoot song. Yes. Uh, song for a song for a winter's night. Oh, and, uh, yes. You know, my God, uh, every time I hear that, it's just you can smell the evergreen and hear the sleigh sl- bells. See, I wish uh, you would have said that before I started playing. I had to be a song for a winter's night. Okay, yeah, yes. Just, just uh, But, you know, anything by Lightfoot. I, I wore out... Um, Don Quixote, that album, and uh, you know, just a, a touchstone. You think of where you were, especially guys like us uh, yep. who were around in the seventies, and you heard it all fresh and first time. And uh, and I can remember exactly what I was doing. Yeah, when this I heard is it. Oh, you you made love to a lot of those no, songs yes, Emily- to himself and others. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, That's where Bill. I was going, yes, yeah. exactly. Sorry, Bill. Hey, what can you expect from Fred? He's coming up with terrible titles for the Parkinson's man. Yeah. This is no. a great song. If I could only have you near To breathe a sigh or two I would be happy just to hold the hands I love you know, and, and at our age, uh, combined uh, 220 years old, I know all the words to this song. Right. You know, yeah. I can't add fractions, but I know. And it's funny because this was 19, funny, 1975, and the song right below it is the song I was going to tell you guys. It was one of my favorite Gordon Lightfoot songs about the building of the Canadian Railroad. It's, again, a long title called Canadian Railroad Trilogy. Also seven minutes long. About his there was a time in this fair land when the railroad did not run. When the wild majestic mountains stood alone against the sun. Long before the white man and long before the wheel. When the green dark forest was too silent to be real. Yeah, you're right. This was uh, his prime. This was the mid-70s when he was, you know, he was the guy. Time has no yeah. What a voice. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you again for uh, being part of our program. We always say that. We do appreciate it. You don't have to do it, but you do, and we uh, we love having you on it. Always, uh, I love stay doing it. Thank well, you for having me. And listen, Thanks, let's, listen, guys, we're not going to live forever, so why don't you two jaded Leaf fans just try and enjoy these moments for crying out loud. <laughs> we, uh, you know, we've been saying it for years. We're both in Brampton. Someday it's going to happen. I'm going to let you buy me lunch, Bill. I'm oh, gonna let's let, do it. I'm going to let it. 
that, that is. Yeah. Oh, you are. What an honor. The great. Fred Hassan let you buy no. him lunch. No, yes. it's going to be the other way. I'm, we're going to treat you to lunch. Yes. Well, no, no, no. Not for my half of the company or not. <laughs> at at, at, at so, Sonny's, where, as you say, this is where you go if, if you're constipated. Is that- yes. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it says on their menu. Yeah, right. Curing constipation <laughs> since 1987. Yeah. Uh, the great Bill Brio, all the best. Good luck tonight, my friend. We'll be uh, watching along with you. I, I'm going to definitely check out Barry, though, because he's mentioned it a couple oh, times. Do it. It's all great. right, buddy. Thanks. Take care. See you later, Bill. Take care, friends. Freddie, do you remember this song? Frederick. Uh, v- vaguely. Oh, come on. Vaguely. What were you doing? No, I remember. I'm, you all right. know, yeah. Now that you've played it, yeah, I remember. All right. But again, it's not uh, something that I've, I've heard. Uh, you know, I'll tell you where I got this from. And I'm, my brother, Stephen, who was uh, mentioned many times today, which he loves. He was, uh, that's how I sort of learned to play guitar because he was into playing guitar and he was into sort of a folk music kind of vibe. And there was Gordon Lightfoot songbooks in our house and he would have been into these type of songs and playing them and learning how to finger pick and such. So uh, that's how I was exposed to it. Uh, in the meantime, let's, uh, we're going to do a couple of emails uh, in a second or, or so. But first, let's uh, talk about these people. Uh, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, uh, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small uh, business. Uh, so many aspects of this that are, uh, well, you got to take the time to look into it because this really can work for your small business, be it one employee, two employees, up to 100 employees. You know, those companies that a benefits uh, plan just has never really seemed attainable. Well, it is. Go to chamberplan.ca. There's a badge there. Get a free quote. Find out what's offered, what it's going to cost you, and know that they've done a great job on uh, holding the line on premiums over the past uh, few years, even through COVID, which is uh, vital for small business, obviously. you got to know what you're going to be spending, how much each given year, and uh, they've done a great job with this. So dental and uh, prescriptions and all sorts of therapies, uh, HR component. Uh, they've, uh, you know, the mental health aspect of this now. They've looked after that. Very progressive. Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. Here's another one I uh, vaguely remember. You remember this is called? Uh, Did she mention my name? Oh right. Did she mention my name? Right. That's what you get for loving me. And then it goes into this other part. That's what you get for loving me. Everything you had is. No, I don't remember this. Um, you don't remember that one? Well, then not this part of it, but I think there's a part. Let me just move it along here. See, I remember that one. That's what you get for loving me. Jesus. No, okay, I vaguely remember that part, but where's he? And when the morning came, do you remember if she dropped this is the part. name or two? Is the home team still on fire? Do they still win all the games? And by the way, by the way, did she mention my name? Did she mention my name? Well, let me mention uh, the name of our uh, newest sponsor. Thrilled to have Arc Deck Outdoor Living, the largest and oldest outdoor living builder in North America. 88 locations building more than 150,000 projects since 1980. And our newest clients, the Keats, Stacy, and Craig. 
operate one of those locations here in Toronto, and we would love to have you uh, check them out. If you're thinking about an outdoor project, structures like porches, patios, outdoor kitchens, pool houses, hardscapes, and decks, they build a lot of decks. We had uh, Craig on the other day. Very interesting. Going to have him on again answering all your questions about the idea of making your outdoor space look incredible. Uh, yesterday, we focused quite a bit on the warranty because for a lot of people, you do any project around the house. And as you said, you know, you've had some experience with this where you never know sometimes if the people who, is do, who are doing the work for you are going to do what they said they were going to do. And maybe they do a little bit of it. And sometimes, what did you say that you, they, they'll just ghost you? Like they, they just go away. Oh, yeah, yeah. You get any problems and then you try and get a hold of them and you can't. Well, uh, at Arcadec, they back up their claims with real warranties. Every project has a one-year warranty on workmanship. Uh, and uh, a two-year warranty on structure. And this is incredible, a national guarantee completion fund. That means they, they quote, uh, you guys sign a project, and, and no matter what happens, the entire company will back it up. As Craig said, like he could just, you know, keel over, you know, like a lot of people on our show. Uh, but it doesn't matter. The, the work, this, this national guarantee completion fund ensures that every project is completed to your specifications. They're warrantied by a third-party company and documented in writing for every client because this is how they do it. They're experts in the business, a one-stop shop. So please check them out. If you're a humble and Fred supporter, this is how we stay in business by supporting these businesses. Arcadec, A-R-C-H-A-D-E-C-K.com. <sighs> okay, man. So, yeah, man. There's a couple things. Uh, got a bunch of stories for tomorrow if we need them. Yeah, there's quite a bit going on in our world, is there not? Yeah. Um, I'll save a couple of these. There's a story I've had for a couple of weeks now. Actually, this is the second week of the top 20 friendliest cities. Uh, but that's uh, that's not uh, pressing. You know, it'll still be there tomorrow. Uh, we do have a couple emails. I sent them. I uh, sent you a few. Uh, the ones that apply to you. Let me get the email sounding. Here we go. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. All right, I got it here. Yeah, someone says to you, yeah. Mike Ox Big. Observations. Yeah, I don't know what to make of this, number one. A few thoughts, he says, Mike. Oxbig. Uh, Fred Patterson mentioned the Brampton OHL team left for North Bay because the Brampton community are only Leaf fans and don't care about the b- battalion. He said this is only half true. The battalion left for North Bay because the majority of Brampton's demographic are cricket fans, not hockey. As a Brampton resident, you should already know this. Shame <laughs> on you. Bad day. Let me just pause there. Like he's he's telling you this as though this is a real show and we give a shit. Yeah, but not only that, but that's that's the point. The battalion left because there wasn't enough interest, and you know it goes without saying there wasn't <laughs> enough interest because the residents of this city have other interests. Which like, is the point you made. But the point that I'm was making, my point. That was yes. your point. But the point. Yeah. I, the, and again, I'm not. Listen, I love Mike. He's fine. But the idea of shame on you. Like this is like shame on you. But news talk ten ten. Well, as I said off the top, I I'm all, almost think he's a little tongue in cheek here. Maybe and it's a, and, a, and I think it's 
you know, um, um, sort of a veiled um, shot at Brampton, as people always do, like with the cricket thing. Okay, get to his second point. Okay, two. Once in a while, you guys play the shrieking sound bites of someone named Darren, where it sounds like his nutsack is being squeezed by a set of vice grips. Please delete these files and never play them again. Very annoying. And of course, of course, our response is no. No, never leaving. Never. This is. In fact, I'm going to continue to play this for the rest of the show. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. Fucking <laughs> dude. Anyway, uh, third point here uh, from Mike Oxbig. The Leafs won, and Fred never provided the measurements of his girth and length as promised. Again, this is why I think yeah, Mike's entire email is tongue-in-cheek. Oh, it's just a big joke. And uh, why did I... I, I, I don't. I don't know. That. I think you. Th- I, yeah. I think you said you tell us what it was. Uh, what your dink was. You know, it's like a lot of shows. Uh, if they won the Stanley Cup, which I will hold you to. Okay. Thin and short. How about that? Thin right. and short. Hi guys. Hi guys. Uh, thanks, Mike. Appreciate you. Really do. Uh, this is also. Uh, I'm not sure if I sent it to you, but I'm going to read it. It's about uh, your uh, outdoor loving. It's from uh, Tom in Rockwood. Uh, I don't know why he has to use this language. But I'm just going to read you the email as right. written. Okay? Mm-hmm. It says, hello, gents. I'm a cunt listening Hundy P from Japan. Mm. Found this on YouTube. Nice little ditty. I'm sure Fred will appreciate it. Tom. And uh, the reason he thinks you, and, and I'm going to appreciate it too, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, will appreciate this song is uh, it's it's basically, uh, um, well, it's your your little thing uh, you say on the 1st of May um, set to mm-hmm. music. And he's saying, ooh, child, what'd you think a cold winter's going to last forever? Ooh, child, now's the time for all the people to get Little country ditty. Mm-hmm. Here's a nice part. There you go. Isn't that beautiful? It's a beautiful goddamn thing. And uh, again, thank you, Tom from Japan, for that. Uh, that little ditty. Uh, where am I? Okay, there you go. Uh, there was one more thing. Oh, yeah, this came uh, from uh, our Apple iTunes review. All right. And uh, I only say this uh, just because it might spark a bit of conversation. Let me just get this part here. There we go. Uh, These are reviews people are leaving for us on Apple Because Dan has started saying that Leave a review for us Uh, This one is four stars, not five The subject line on Apple says Great, dot, dot, dot But Been listening since the CFNY days No, no, this is Joey Joey Joe 
Been listening since the CFNY days and the podcast regularly. Always enjoy listening on my long commute, but to each their own and all. But Howard just needs to relax on the whole religion hate thing. I get that you're an atheist, and sometimes people use religion as a shield to spew hatred, but some, and then he just dot dots off into, uh, you know, into oblivion there. So, um, and by the way, there was also another review from uh, Radek Julewitz, who says, just five stars, one of my favorite podcasts. And thanks to both uh, Joey Joe and Radek for those uh, stars and comments. I don't know, you know, I uh, feel what I feel about religion. You feel the same, and, uh, you know, it's it poisons everything, and it's, uh, it's the root of all evil, and it's what, uh, you know, you had this, we had, we had this story last week about the Catholic, York Catholic District School Board raising the pride flag, and uh, I have some audio of people screaming at the guy who just wanted to do it. And the things they're saying to him are just ridiculous. So I'm not saying I, I have, uh, I'm on the well, side of good, but there's a lot of bad in religion, and this is more support for that, uh, that thoughts. No, I know, and I, I, that's a great example because it's just so hysterical, hysterical, yeah. um, what took place there. Because, hey, listen, you, listen, it's a fair argument. You know, just leave the Canadian flag. We don't need to necessarily do that like why do that just it's usually the canadian flag and there are other you know um minorities or segments that would want there so let's just leave it as be but it's got to, it's got to escalate through through the hatred yeah of what those communities represent to them and, I, and I wish everyone this is a, I, this is yeah. from april 25th so it's a week old i've had this in mm-hmm. on in the audio queue but just listen to the vitriol. Just listen to the hatred of these supposed that, yeah. religious people. Listen to how angry they are. Look, what you just said is reasonable. It's reasonable mm-hmm. to have that to have that discussion. Yes, of course it is. Yeah, but it's not reasonable uh, in these people's mm-hmm. minds. The guy's yelling, the devil incarnate. Shame, 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 You know when somebody yells the devil incarnate, how fucking cartoonish that sounds to me? You mean, oh, the, boogie, mean the boogeyman from the book? And, and listen, to these, listen to these, all these women. Mm-hmm. Hysterical, and some men too, but they're all yelling shame, mm-hmm. shame, shame. At the guy who is, you know, basically the man is the guy who's getting swarmed there, was there to support the raising of the flag. He was just like, I support it. Mm-hmm. Shame. Oh, my God. You know, so, you, you say it all, uh, quite often, and it's so true. All these people that are there against it and screaming their heads off, you know, Chances are, well, it, I think it's a pretty well given that one of those people is going to find out that their child is gay. That's right. And then, then what? That's you're going right. to kill them? Yeah. Are you going to banish them? Are you, you going to say send I, them out of the home? Are you going to say devil incarnate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking moron. This, this is what. 
Like, it's just all so bloody ridiculous. So in response to Joey Joe about, yes, Howard needs to relax on the whole religion hate thing. Well, there's I I can't, Joey, because there's the there's what I hate. You you know, you go ahead and observe your funny little sky muppet all you want. And and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But if you if you are yelling at a person. Because they don't, they feel differently about gay people or trans people than you do. Mm-hmm. In the name of religion, well, then you're in a cult. Mm-hmm. Something's wrong with you. And so, mm-hmm. yes, I sometimes get excited about this, and I'm not going to stop. Mm-hmm. I just find it ridiculous. Because, again, let me explain. It's one of those issues where if they raise that flag, I don't care. But at the same time, if they decided, you know what? If we raise it for one, we have to raise it for all. And a flagpole is to, you know, it's for to fly the the flag of your country. Let's not do it. I'd be fine with that too, you know. But again, there's no there's no middle ground for these whack jobs. There just isn't, and it's you know, and it's also a chance we take when you jump on religion like that because again, you just you know, Delise obviously says that to me. You don't know what the person. <laughs> next to you is thinking i mean what their position is what goes on in their head and you know you assume you know or you think you've got a feel for it but you just never really know so i mean we have a lot of people that listen to this podcast that might hate every second that we do that because well, you they, know what have, I think? And, and they, they get, have faith and yeah, belief. And, and they should get know? their own podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, respect, I respect your what you said i can respect that what you and it's i think any <clears throat> rational person would respect your opinion like you could have a discussion with uh one of my children and say that mm-hmm. rationally um that you make the point that maybe we won't raise the pride flag because then what about all the other groups that want their flag raised and my child would have a, an argument coming back but there's a reasonability in there mm-hmm. you're not saying you shouldn't raise it because of some fraction or faction of religion that you believe in Mm -hmm. because remember that's also at the catholic school board another thing i hate sorry the -hmm. fact that that exists drives me crazy has for as long as you've known me so it's not Mm -hmm. a new opinion that i have so there they are supposedly these you know people that are following the teachings of jesus i guarantee you jesus isn't yelling like this idiot Yeah, if Jesus comes back, he's not yelling the devil incarnate and shame, shame, shame because some people want to recognize some people that are marginalized. That's all. What is so hard to understand? Don't yell at people. (laughs) It's so fucking funny to me, though. You know, and then they all go home and they make their supper and they shop at Sobeys and they watch the Leafs and everything, you know. They're just doing all the normal stuff except mm-hmm. this particular thing. She's the woman at the end is yelling about, what about my four-year-old? What, they, what about your four-year-old? Wait till they come out when they're 14 and then you'll stop yelling. Mm-hmm. But again, this whole issue has become so deep now and a lot of it's bullshit because the extremists are trying to convince us that there's stuff going on in the schools that just simply is not going on in the schools. That's a whole other thing. Oh, yeah. Yet, on the flip side, if it was, it probably would be wrong. It's too much too soon for the kids. I mean, so, I mean, you got to be in the trenches. You got to be there. You got to live it. You got to experience it. And, um, but those reactions are, 
and coming from somebody who can get riled up pretty quickly, that's just all uncalled for. How come they're not at the churches on the weekend yelling shame, shame, shame to the priests who are part of this cabal of child pedophiles? How come they're not yelling devil incarnate at their priests on the weekend? Because... They certainly have more of a, a connection. Maybe not that particular one, but they're part of a group of people. I mean, it's been documented over centuries now. How come that's not getting their dander up? All this stuff is going to drive you nuts. Yes, that's sir. That's why sometimes it's that resignation of not getting involved or ignoring it. You know, on one hand, you think, you know, it, it gives me better peace of mind. But as a citizen of the world, maybe I should be involved because this is wrong. It's like over the past few, past few days, the stuff I'm reading that people defending Tucker Carlson and actually when describing him, use the word truth. It's like, who are you? <laughs> no, like, I know. Like who? Like exactly who are you? Or what goes on in your life is what has brought you to the point when you listen to this guy and you actually think with all the information you've been given about him, which is true because it's it's there to be heard. You defend him on a truth basis. It's uh, and how are you ever going to change that? So you're never going to change that. You're never going to. Uh, you're not, you're never going to feel like oh well I convinced that guy I'm you know no, I'm victorious no there's so the no there's no winning in it. it I get it well that's what yeah, we I know the best thing is to ignore but what I'm saying is sometimes you know that's is that the best way to go you got to sort of claw back I don't know well to our conversation yesterday afternoon and, and uh, we called you up about something else and we started talking about the show and uh, I said you know we've left a lot of that alone and had this not I, I had that uh, Catholic school board clip for a week now. And just was looking for an opportunity where we're going to have a chance to talk about it. And, and, and I, I read that email just a second ago because I thought, okay, this ties in with that. But, you know, I think people have kind of noticed, other than the Noel appearances, you know, we really haven't gone as uh, deep on that Fox stuff because there is, because as you just said, we both have come to the, there's no winning for us. We're not going to convince anybody. No. But, but at the same time, I mean, in our defense the leader of the free world the most powerful man on earth tried to pull off an insurrection that's news that's something you're supposed to get pissed off because again you know i mean our ties to the united states a guy trying to piss on democracy that's a big story yeah it just is you know and um so the insurrection and again a, a lot of the other stuff that threatened democracy to the biggest country and the most powerful country on earth, our our dearest and best and friend and trading partner, yeah, that's something for us to get riled up about. Now that that's died down, we've died down. Like the day to day Trump stuff, he's just a fucking buffoon. And yeah, and the things we'll that call we, it for what it is. Yeah, the times we do talk about Trump now is like more more to find some you know you know mocking in it or whatever. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean this this stance that I've had on religion predates you. I mean, I remember I've told you the story of, you know, being in Montreal with Randy, ex-wife Randy, and, uh, you know, I would have these discussions at some parties and stuff, and we would go to a place and she'd say, okay, could we just not, could you just not talk about how ridiculous Judaism is? <laughs> okay, okay. Could you just knock mm-hmm. that off? All right, I will. Um, listen, mm-hmm. we got to go. We got we got stuff to do. Uh, thanks very much to Bill Brio. Uh, hopefully Dan Duran will be here for the whole program tomorrow. 
Uh, the the uh, retirement Sherpa's on tomorrow, I believe. Uh, so is Ralph, Rabbi Ralph, for his uh, monthly visit. And always a pleasure hearing from everyone. Uh, thank you very much for your participation. Let me just uh, do this now. Okay. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Architect Outdoor Living, Better Building by Design. We read all of our emails, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Look, liking and subscribing really helps us out by charging up the getting noticed algorithms. So does writing a review. Think about that. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, it's no more May. Let your lawn be free, allowing flowers to bloom in your lawn to help early season pollinators and insects enjoy every goddamn day. Tables and a microphone, bottles and cans, just clap your hands, just clap your hands. Where's that?